Hello, creative souls, and welcome to Inner Promptings, the podcast to inspire and support your creative journey. My name is Joanne Venegro Bromley, and I am so happy you are here today. Well, it has been a long while, and I apologize for that, but I have become so busy with so many wonderful opportunities and I have been working diligently to create classes for you and to find places to hold the classes and learning all kinds of new um, artistic things. So it's been wonderful. Um, I have lived, uh, I've lined up some uh, craft shows for this fall and I'm also very excited that I will not only be exhibiting at the Women's Expo in November, I will also be a speaker. So I hope you come by and introduce yourself and take part in this fabulous day. I am so excited. I also have immersed myself in mixed media. I've been gaining a lot of knowledge and exploring all kinds of uh, pastes and paints and sprays and I've been gaining a ton of knowledge and um, I'm ready to share that with you. So I just really love this process and I think you will too. I've been auditioning for a lot of plays and um, I've actually started to coach again um, some new students. So yeah, many, many happenings. Um, I hope you are finding the summer joyful and fun. Uh, I have been lining up artists to interview for the podcast, but that is another reason why I haven't really done many podcasts lately is because timing is everything and um, things just have fallen through. But um, I will say that next week, my friend Nate has promised me that we will be meeting and he will be updating us on all his new artistic adventures. And man, oh man, has he been busy. He actually recorded his first song. So I will be excited to talk to him about that. And maybe we can even play it on the podcast. That would be exciting. Um, And so I will be uh, sharing that with you. And um, as we head into the fall season, there'll be lots of new interviews so we can talk about the new works that will be happening all over the state, actually states, because I'll cover Mass and Connecticut too. So how are you? Are you creating? I really hope so because it is so important. I've been thinking a lot about color, how we are drawn to certain color palettes. I mean, what's your favorite color and why? How does it make you feel? What do you think of when you see it? What colors do you like to pair with it? My daughter, who is now 35, has always loved iridescent. I mean, when she was young, there wasn't a lot of iridescent around, but when she found it, she would light up like a Christmas tree. Now, many of you may say, well, iridescent isn't really a color. And she would argue, well, yes, it is. It's all the colors. So I wouldn't argue with her. Um, And you should see us when we are in a craft store and we find iridescent things. It's just like pay dirt. It's just everything that's iridescent we must have. (laughs) And it just makes us happy. And um, so I would like you to explore what colors really do make you happy. 
or sad. And um, uh, I, I, I thought about like back in the 90s, they used to have this whole movement about what your specific season was. You were either a spring, a summer, a fall, or a winter. And these colors were supposedly uh, what highlighted your overall coloring, your hair, your eyes, your skin. I'm supposedly a winter, but hell, <laughs> I do not limit myself. I love all the colors too, uh, except yellow. I mean, I love yellow as a color, but on me, not so good. Anyway, my assignment, if you choose to accept it, is to find your color and pick up some paint or markers and fill a page with the color you just adore. I mean, you can even cut out images from a magazine with little blobs of color and just paste them all over a, a, a page. Fill it completely. I mean, you can add some complementary colors. You don't have to just follow one color and you do not have to follow the color wheel. What's complementary? Do what you like. If you like purple, what do you like with purple? Do you like red or green or blue or orange? Whatever makes you smile inside and outside, then put it up wherever you can see it. I mean, on the fridge or your bathroom mirror. And after a week, let me know how you felt every time you saw that piece of paper with all that color, the images. I bet you'll be happier. Something as simple as color. And that's all. That's all this week. I know this is a short one, but hang in there. Keep listening. Keep posting. Um, contact me with your questions or uh, what you like or what you'd like to hear about. And please share it with your friends. And remember, keep creating. All right, welcome back. Well, as I promised, we have Nate Jones back in the house. Actually, we're outside, but it's all good. Um, and um, I just saw Nate Saturday night. He performed for us uh, his, well, it, it will be an album. It will be. Um, but his single, which is out. Um, and uh, we saw the video for that, and it, it's just all exciting, and I can't wait to share all what's going on. So welcome back, Nate! Thank you, Joey. You're my first repeat. <laughs> Here I am, you back are. again. Back again. So the last time we talked, which was quite a while ago, March, I believe. Uh, yeah, you were gonna go on tour, so I just want to touch on that a little bit. Um, how was that experience? Um, it was it was challenging. It was, um, I had to grow a lot as a person and kind of navigate really unfamiliar territory, both geographically and, you know, going to 10 different states I had never seen before and, you know, meeting different types of people, but also just really playing up to that level of being on the professional stage and uh, knowing that a lot of people are watching you. It was really interesting. It definitely it caused me to grow a lot. So I think the challenges were positive, um, but it was the most fun that I've like ever had uh -huh. in terms of a month straight. It was it was twenty four consecutive days 
of touring. Wow. And we didn't have a show every single night. And one time we were playing a farmer's market in Austin that got rained out. But overall, it was just a thrill and a joy to be able to share people, uh, share music with people and see what kind of music other people are creating and knowing that it's not all just pop radio garbage. There's like actually a lot of really good music being made now and it's happening all around the country. I think some of my favorite places were Asheville, North Carolina. No. was like a very liberal-minded place and there was art happening all over the streets and the sidewalks. Um, there were festivals going on. I really liked, um, I had never been to Chicago before and I was surprised with how much, like we went to the beach and obviously Chicago borders the Great Lakes, but you don't think about it as being like this real beach, beach situation, yeah, like, yeah. but I was just there at the beach in Chicago and that was like really wild. The water was blue and I didn't expect it to feel so vibrant there. Mm -hmm. I expected it to be a little bit more you know, rainy and gray, like Chicago in April. Yeah, but yeah. But it was actually, like, very nice, and the people were friendly. It it changed my perspective about a lot of different parts of the country. Wow. So I'm glad to have had the opportunity. Yeah, that sounds awesome, awesome. So you come back from that, mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden you have representation, and you created a single, and, and uh, um, well... Uh, okay, uh, seeing you Saturday night, first of all, was just it was just wonderful. It was just wonderful. My favorite songs uh, were Maple Leaf and Silver Linings, and I loved the music to the one that you dedicated or you said was inspired by some woman, Adriana. Was yeah, that, was yeah, that my it? friend Adriana. Yeah, the music. Uh, um, sometimes I didn't get not that I didn't get your lyrics, but I thought. I could have got more, hmm. but those songs, I just like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is, you. this is it. I love it. I love Thank it. You. I love it. And, um, and so how did, well, okay. First of all, you have to share with the audience. Cause I, I, I love this, the whole big, when you did the artistry okay, way, right, right, I, right. I love that because yeah. I just believe in synchronicity and manifestation and all of that. Yeah. Um, so so uh, a few, about a year ago, maybe a year and a half, I got a whiteboard um, and I was like, okay, this is going to be my chance to like map out my thoughts and really get some direction to all these creative endeavors I want to pursue. And I was left with this message for myself of like, um, I was reading this book, The War of Art, um, and he talks about how fear is just kind of this thing that's always going to be there. You're never going to arrive at a point where you're not afraid of what you're doing. And if you are, that means you're stagnant. You've become complacent. So it's this good thing along your journey. And going big is really a thing that induces a lot of fear for many people because they know there's no more excuses. There's no more holding your yourself back. So I said, I wrote on my whiteboard, I'm going to go big for everyone. And... Um, the next big project, big project that I did was recording an album with my band at a studio and the studio happened to be called Big Nice. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really think much of it at all. Um, but then that following tour, um, that following fall was when I got invited to go on tour with the Big Lonesome. Um, and then while I was on that second tour, the one that uh, was right after our last interview, I got a call. I was in a 
in a Whole Foods in South Carolina, and I got a phone call uh, from this gentleman, Al Gomes, who he had gone to elementary school with my mom, and we had met at a show and talked, but I didn't really know exactly what he did. And he says, yeah, I have this company, Big Noise. So that's like the third big thing mm-hmm. that I got involved with, like literally. And it was just so perfect to know that the universe was listening mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. And Big who, time. <laughs> who, yeah, big, who knows what that even means. But, but I know that there's definitely an energy where if I focus on what I'm trying to create rather than what I don't want to create, you know, whatever you focus on, you end up creating for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I just want to focus on going big. And then, boom, these three opportunities with big in their, in their names came right to my door. Right. And it just felt like perfect serendipity, perfect synchronicity. And I'm very excited to be working with Al because he's worked with Christina Aguilera, the Beach Boys, the Police, the Ramones, Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Jay Giles band. He's just worked with so many great artists and has kind of seen the industry from the inside out. And several years ago, his agency, Big Noise Now, became a fully voting member of the Recording Academy for the Grammy Awards. So I was able to be entered into the process uh, by proxy because they're representing me. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'm pretty excited about that. It's not that I will feel disappointed if I don't make the ballot. I will feel amazed and thrilled if I do make the ballot because I'm really kind of just getting started. Yeah. And I don't want to make myself beholden to anything. So I'm not really sure if I will do music full time forever. But I do know that it's something that brings me joy. It's something that brings me an income. And it's something that brings other people together. And that's what was so cool about seeing you and uh, Pam was there. And Pam brought her friend Amanda. And there were just members of my family, people I had met in passing, people that I've cultivated relationships with that I was able to give everyone a collective experience of this evening with Nate Jones where they got an opportunity to hear in-depth into my songwriting process and sort of how I look at the world and how that filters back through music and just sort of why it's important to me because you're you're documenting your feelings in a way that you will always remember. Mm-hmm. Like a song has this natural thing about it where if you did it right, it's memorable. And many of those songs I played, I had never played versions of them in that way before. They were just always bits and pieces. And I really got together and aligned all my parts. And Al had this idea of let's do it like storyteller style, like VH1, where you give the audience an insight into your songwriting and you play the songs in the order that they were written so that they can see your progression. Mm -hmm. And it was cool for me to see my own progression in terms of I'm looking at at it through the lens of my hands and my fingers and what chord progressions I'm doing and have I gotten more complicated or have I has it gotten simpler because it for me I want to get better and I'm always getting better but the goal is not to be able to do things that are more complicated or intricate it's actually to simplify things but still have it be really good and 
be perfect basically mm-hmm. it's almost like cooking in a way like yeah i think you want to throw perfect out yeah because it, it, it's so not about that definitely but it's really funny because i just watched this thing with john mayer and um he was saying that you know when he does songs that have, you know, 300 different chord changes or whatever, he goes, you know, he does that for himself. But he's noticed that his songwriting, when it's for the public domain, is much more simpler. And they seem to go with that easier. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And like that whole process of, you know, making it more complicated or uh, it's it's probably more for your enjoyment than than just the the writing process itself, mm-hmm. you know. And then the storyteller thing, I loved watching that and seeing how that invo- evolved and what sparked like that whole People magazine thing, you know, where you were like, you know, you know, you had this whole thought about it, and then you thought, well, thinking that I'm kind of in the same boat, right. <laughs> so you know, right? Um, I was, yeah. Yeah, and it was just like, it was perfect. It was perfect. And then you had all your art up for silent auction, which is the whole side of you. You know what I mean? Very similar, but not, you know? And I thought, wow, that's a perfect, perfect venue to show different sides of yourself. Mm. So I loved, I loved that. And um, just to say, Nate has had because he sold them all um (laughs) (laughs) uh nature prints that he just played with one day he said you know he got inspired and was just throwing down some you know natural elements like pine leaves and uh and spray painted them and had like shadow effects and it was just really really cool and um matter of fact pam purchased one so it was it was just awesome which was really cool because pam just had a quilt show Yes, um, I saw. And friends of ours went and they bought um, her quilts. And so I said, oh, because I know, you know, money is not the – she she struggles. And she goes, you know, she goes, but I wanted to pay it forward because I want to support – I want to support Nate. And so it was like she she was able to – support you because right. someone was able to support her right. art. We're so it was such it it was just it was wonderful. It just was a great great night. And uh so what's the next step? What's what's going on? Where where Well, first of all, you're playing <laughs> everywhere. I you just like you're doing weddings and then you're out on the you where was it like you were last night? You were on the water somewhere. What what Last you, night I was at one of the most prestigious venues in Rhode Island, it's the Coast Guard House. Yeah, exactly. Place that I never imagined I would be able to play at because it just had represented this like top tier of entertainment. Um, but there is, there's a team of agents, um, uh, two gentlemen by the name of uh, Ron and Bob. And I... Several years ago when I was starting to book gigs, I said, how can I make this easier for myself? You know, how can I take some of the burden off of the musician in terms of booking the actual shows? I'm not at the level yet where I'm going to have a whole team or a manager. So how can I do what I want to do and do more of it? And if I have to kind of pay a little bit to get that done, then fine. So I searched all sorts of entertainment companies throughout Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, you know, all throughout New England, basically, even a little in New York. And I found several agencies in this particular agency. It's, it's Bob Saraceno Productions. And, and uh, 
I probably hounded Bob for a year, maybe a year and a half, just giving him a call. Hey, my name's Nate Jones. You know, I'm really good. Give me a chance, you know, and, <laughs> and not expecting anything because, you know, I understand that they do very big business and I had to sort of prove myself before I was worthy of that sort of attention. Mm -hmm. But I think I did. Um, and they plugged me in at another restaurant, Wickford on the Water, which just got their music license this year, and it was really good reviews. So they said, you know, let's try it at the Coast Guard House. And uh, as it stands right now, I'll be playing every Wednesday next summer at nice. the Coast Guard House. Wow. Which is excellent. It's beautiful. Three o'clock to seven o'clock. You watch the sunset. You, you got the ocean right behind you. Nothing but good vibes. People love the music. And... You know, you can look to your right and see people surfing or hanging on the beach. You look to your left and there's just rocks and ocean waves crashing. It's just, it's ideal, really. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that's how I enjoy spending my time is just out in nature. So when I can combine doing what I love and making people happy and smile, it's, it was, it was a... And, it, it was Moment. a gift. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no, it, yes. It, it's a, it's yes. A, it's a gift to, to be able to combine it, but it just goes back to the whole, you know, whatever you think is not possible for yourself, that's why it's not possible is because you think that. Mm -hmm. So knowing that if I just keep working at this, like I'm going to eventually get a shot. Um, I'm still, at this point, I've played close to 100 different venues which is pretty crazy yeah uh, in three years it's amazing um, yeah I, I like it yeah. I like what I do I like making people happy especially because as you said I'm getting into doing weddings and private events those are even better because you get to go to somebody's house or you know maybe it's at a banquet hall or something but when you get to go to somebody's house and just entertain them in their own space with their guests and everyone's so much more comfortable it's less formal people can let loose more mm -hmm. and you just sort of feel like you're part of the party yeah but it's almost like if the i don't even know how to describe this you're you're providing this element that's so essential that if you were to just stop what you were doing in the middle of a song or at any moment it would just suddenly become really awkward for everyone there. Mm -hmm. And you're realizing that like with this, it's like the, the uh, quote that Spider-Man's Uncle Ben says to him, with great power comes great responsibility. So like I'm in this role of being at the party, but I don't get to actually interact with anyone. Mm -hmm. But I have the privilege of re really just adorning their moments mm -hmm. with 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 beautiful sounds and yeah. like helping them to create memories and then you play a song that someone says oh man you took me back to being 23 again or i remember when i heard that song and i was a guy told me once and i was driving my coupe de ville down uh you know 95 had just been finished and i'm like oh my gosh like <laughs> You know, that's for <laughs> listeners, that's our interstate highway, which was finished about 60, 50, 60 years ago. So it was pretty cool to just hear that I'm really giving people something 
that they can't get any other way mm-hmm. because live music is even a step up from recorded music. You know, you can have a great soundtrack to a party, but to have somebody right there doing it in front of you, creating it, is just even more special. Yeah, and and that's why I I because sometimes I think it's really hard to get people to understand the importance of live theater. You know, mm-hmm. that experience is so much di- like a lot of people will say, "Well, I'd rather just go to the movies." Yeah, I love the movies too, but the, a live experience, you are part of the energy of that experience. What you bring to the performers and what the performers are feeding off of you creates the ambiance of what's happening in that room. And it is different every single night. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, and the same thing with like, uh, you know, again, I follow John Mayer and people go, why do you see him so much? It's different every time. Mm -hmm. It's a different audience. You're in a different state. It's different. It's just different. Yeah. Um, Yeah. A lot of the songs might be the same, but it's different, yeah. you know? And well, that's the thing about music as an art form is you can have a recording, which is much the same as a picture, where that's what it's going to be forever. Mm-hmm. And there's the possibility that it can get destroyed or somehow cease existing. But the idea of performance is it's, it's a, something that you're conjuring up in the moment. It, you're actively bringing it back to life every time you play it. Mm-hmm. And like I like to play songs by artists that have passed away, like Johnny Cash or Tom Petty or Lou Reed or um, David Bowie, just because it, it, it brings back the energy of that person. Mm-hmm. And it's a continual wave of who they were like because of one thing that they did back 30 years ago so much can flow outward from that and yeah in ways that we don't even i don't even know if we can comprehend we can't you know there's no way we can. I, I just you know it, and that's why i think artists is just so important because it it touches all the senses in so many different ways that we're not even we're not we're so Dumb, not dumbed down, that's not the word I want to say, but dulled down mm. from really experiencing life because we're always thinking of ahead or what mm-hmm. happened and, you know, we're not here it's at the moment. Stay in the moment. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I think art kind of brings it, you're in it, you know. And, and you had made, you, you know, you had said that whole thing about it's about playing music, it's playful. Mm-hmm. And that's the sa- same thing with why they call it a play. It, you're supposed to play, <laughs> yes. you know? Yes. Um, and that's what art should be. It should be playful. It shouldn't be like, mm-hmm. oh man, I gotta make this thing. You know, it shouldn't never yes. be that. Well, because uh. when you say, oh man, I gotta make this thing, making implies that you start and finish the process. And to me, I've just been discovering that life is so much more about the process than it is the actual product. Because when you get your process right, you might end up with a product that you could never have imagined. Mm -hmm. So if you keep your eyes fixed on that product, you know, you might be liable to, uh, I don't wanna say, maybe taint is the wrong word, but to change your process in a way that's actually less authentic to who you are because you're so fixated on what you're supposed to get. And, you know, I've heard this expression once that was um, be rigid with your goals but flexible with your methods. And I thought that was interesting, but 
in some ways it applies, but I find it way more accurate for me to be rigid with my methods and flexible in my goals. In other words, I know how I want to live. Mm-hmm. I'm not still figuring that out. I think everyone knows how they want to live, ideally. It's a matter of can you do that. But the problem is we're so rigid with the goals that the only thing we can do to get there is to 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 change the way we do things and sometimes in ways that we're not really being true to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So for me, I've really been enjoying what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know how I'm going to be on the way there. Right. I know that this is how I'm going to approach life and approach things. You have a goal, but you don't have a set way of getting there. Um, well, actually, it's kind of what I'm saying is the opposite, is that my goal is the way, not where I end up. Okay. What, what I'm really saying is that I know I want to live my life in a carefree way. So if I ever find myself so fixated on a goal that I've abandoned my carefree lifestyle, I know that I'm doing the wrong thing. Okay. Because I that goal, whatever it is, doesn't actually matter. What mm-hmm. matters is who I am being along the way. Like That's what my life is. My life isn't where I get or what title I get or what the product or outcome is because there's really no ending to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Alan Watts always used to say, life is not about the ending. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. If, if art and music were given that same viewpoint, then the best composers would be the ones who played the fastest. And you would go down to the orchestra just to hear the them play one crashing chord and that would be the finale and nobody wants that they want to be taken through the beginning the middle the highs and the lows and then see the resolution but it's so much more like life he would say life is about you know when you're dancing you're not aiming at a particular point in the room and that's where you're going you're just dancing and wherever you end up is fine as long as you stay Mm-hmm. dancing that whole time. So that's kind of where I'm coming from yeah. with it. And I, and I kind of feel like it's even reflective of of go big, okay? Because you put that out there, you didn't even know where it was going to head. But no. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it brought you all these incredible, wonderful experiences that you couldn't even think up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know, eh, you... To know that this was going to lead to this, you know, it's almost like a, a tree and branches just keep going and going and going, you know. Yeah. And I and I think, too, that that's what a lot of people think is like, I got to manifest, I got to manifest. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, it really is about being authentic to yourself and being true to yourself and doing what you love. I mean, if you don't love it, what is the point? What is the point yeah you know like you got to get up every day yeah and it's just you know and I feel like I've been manifesting not huge things but just there's this flow I feel that I didn't feel before and and I'm always moving forward like right now I I started working this part-time job it's just a part-time job but I've been watching this Christmas shop for about three years now, and I keep going, I got to go in there, I got to go in there, and I love all things Christmas. And, like, she hired me on the spot. It was just like, bam. 
And so yesterday I brought home this ornament and Jocelyn goes, oh, they have ornaments? And I'm like, yeah, the store's full. She goes, you must be in your glory. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> kinda, yeah, kinda, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm where I want to be. I mean, if I have to be working, be in a space that you love being around. Yeah, that you know? fills you with positive emotions and you look around and you see things that you like. And that's the reason, as you saw with my house, that's the reason I have hundreds of pieces of artwork because I want to be able to just look up at any moment and no matter how I'm feeling, I see something that's like, oh yeah. Yeah. It's just a reminder yeah. mm -hmm. of the creative potential that's all around us at any moment. Mm -hmm. And um, and you want to surround yourself. Like you said, it's little pieces of those those people. Whether you actually know the, the person who made it or not, mm -hmm. it's still a little bit of their yeah. essence. And uh, matter of fact, the, the prequel to this interview is uh, I talk about color and that, you know, what, co you know, what color are you drawn to and why are you drawn to it? And surround yourself with that color. Yeah. You know, because how does it make you feel? Pay attention to how you feel around it, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, and I just, you know, and I just I think it's so important. So um, where are you playing uh, coming up? Yep. Because we know the Coast Guard next year. Woohoo! Yes. Um, but uh, what else are you doing? So um, this Friday, which would be tomorrow, I am playing at the Line Cider Brewery, which mm -hmm. is East Greenwich's first brewery. It was started by former Patriot and Super Bowl champion Dan Copen. Uh, and my friend actually works there, and that's how I heard about the fact that they do music. So tomorrow will be my debut. Um, Where is it located? It's located off South County Trail, Route 2, okay. um, right on the East Greenwich uh, and Exeter. Line, oh, okay. Basically. Mm -hmm. um, then tomorrow evening, I'm playing at the Gas Lamp Grill in Newport. From so you got tomorrow afternoon and tomorrow? 5.30 to 8.30 and oh, then geez. 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. <laughs> in Newport. Wow. Yeah, so that'll be a full one. And then Saturday, I'm at Wickford on the Water from 12 to 3. That evening, I have a wedding party that was rescheduled from back in March. Um, so that's taking place at Tumble Salts, uh, right up in on Mineral Spring Avenue, um, about five minutes from here. And then Sunday, I'll met Wickford on the Water again, five to eight that uh, evening, kind of like sunset on the harbor. Um, the following weekend, I actually am playing with my band. I'm playing drums. We have a show at the Met on August 31st oh. at 9 o'clock. I was getting my hair cut, and my barber, Carrie, she introduces me to this guy. She uh, was trimming his beard, and he is a lead singer of a band called Dead Fish Handshake, which I think is such a funny and awesome <laughs> band name. Uh, and they're kind of like a, how could I describe this, almost like a... To me, they sound a lot like the band Bush. Um, they have like a cool 90s grunge type of sound, um, but with like 2000s influences. And just, they're like really solid musicians. And it's like music that, it's not music that like uh, is in my playlist normally, but I'm really excited. I listen to a few of their songs and I'm excited to see them live because I can just hear that they're great players. Mm -hmm. And I want to soak all that up as I you know, as I like to, but we're playing at the Met, which is a great venue. Um, I believe tickets are $15. We play wow. at 9 p.m. We're opening. 
Um, and then they have a DJ, Dom D'Alfonso, who he drums live along to his DJ sets. Really? So that's that would be pretty cool. Um, so that'll be at the Met at uh, 1005 Main Street, the Hope Artiste Village in Pawtucket. Oh, okay. Yep. And, uh, you know, the Met is a pretty I, – I don't know what the capacity is, um, but we're expecting, you know, anywhere close to 100 people at mm -hmm. the show. So it should be a, a solid night. And um, – I really like the Met because they actually have like a green room in mm -hmm. the back where the musicians can kind of hang out because they have nationally touring bands. And it's just you kind of, I think you play up a level because you're treating yourself as, you know, I don't want to say more important or more official, but you're realizing like this is a big stage. So it makes you want to do a little bit more mm -hmm. or a little bit better. Um and then that Sunday, I'm playing both shifts, 12 to 3 and 5 to 8 at Wickford on the Water. So that's, that's a continual gig. Yes. Well, for yes. the summer anyway, mm -hmm. right? Cool. And then Labor Day the Monday, I'm playing at, uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Patch Adams with Robin yeah, Williams. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a festival being organized called Patch Fest at Mulligan's Island, and it's a fundraiser um, to help finish this project. It's a free hospital, a free 40-bed hospital in West Virginia. Um, for patients all around the country um, who basically are struggling to pay their medical bills and like need very uh, high intensity care. care. Mm -hmm. um, so this is going to be a free cool. hospital. And so all this can be found on Facebook? This can all be found on Facebook, um, which has a link to Bands in Town, where all my shows are. Cool. Or you can go to www.natejones.world. And see all my dates and check out this podcast as well as others and interviews I've done. Um, so the next big thing that I'm doing is I'm going on a little solo tour for a week in September. I'm going to be going through Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Asheville, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, working on Charleston, South Carolina, because I have some friends and musicians there. Mm -hmm. Um but, You're going to do all that in a week? Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be like one night per city, just kind of like I've done it mm -hmm. in the most efficient way I can. And I'll probably try to book some cover gigs as well, but I'll, I'll be playing um, original shows Your as well. Stuff, yeah. You know, now that I've kind of played the songs out and got some good reactions, I feel confident touring behind those and sort of my message as like a spiritual entertainer is, is kind of where I want to head. Like I want people to feel like, um, I'm sort of speaking to the human condition in yeah. a way with my music um, and giving people something that's good feeling because... Well, it's inspirational, it's uplifting, it's... Yeah, and, and I think that's the point of art and yeah. of creativity is, you know, you, creativity is a double-edged sword. You can create bad things and you can create things that make you upset. And we've seen this with tons of musicians from... Jim Morrison to Kurt Cobain and everyone in between, people who, you know, they write these songs that help them escape a lot of their pain or their sorrow, but those very feelings end up eating away at them. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm trying to avoid. I don't want my music to be like a, a pity party or, or like this giant event of like catharsis. Um, you know, like we want it to be, or I want it to be for everyone, something that can... Uh, strengthen people's resolve and 
strengthen their feelings that life is a positive thing and a, a blessing and in a learning experience. So, you know, rather than complaining about what I've been through, maybe reframing what I've been through and giving it to people because you can't just talk at people. You can't tell people like all your best life advice and hope that they're just going to abide by that. Mm -hmm. But music is the silver spoon to take the medicine with. It's like, hey, here you go and you're going to be better for this, but you're also going to enjoy it and it's going to be, it's going to leave a mark on you and you're going to find yourself incorporating the lessons. You know, like I guarantee whatever your favorite songs are, you live those lyrics, whether you realize it or not, because that's why it's one of your favorite songs. It, it something is resonating in you with the music, and that's all I'm trying to and, do. And for I, yeah, and I think that's why it's so powerful. Even like you know, when you when you see Alzheimer's people or you know people who are you know the music is the last thing to go. Like mm -hmm. they can hold on to music. It moves them. They can sing it even though they can't have whole sentences. Like yeah. it's 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 in it's it connects, in your cells. It connects all different parts of the brain. Yeah. And those musical memories seem to be, as the research would indicate, unaltered, unaffected by and, and actually not only is it unaltered, but listening to the music can actually stimulate other areas of the person's brain to sort of overcome their symptoms. Like, mm -hmm. for example, I was watching a video of this man who basically wouldn't really talk to anybody, not because he was being rude, but because the dots just weren't connecting in his brain. Then they gave him a headset, and he listens to some Cab Calloway, which was his favorite artist in the 50s, and he starts talking about, oh, yeah, Cab Calloway and these other cats we used to listen to and blah, 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 and he's just talking to you just like that. Because the music turns something on, it flips a switch in his brain, and it really does require you to put together all of your processing faculties to make sense of what's going on, and it kind of like perks you up in a way because yeah. you're having to do that. Oh, it it yeah. creates total awareness, yeah. which is just, I think music's healing potential has yet to even We've yet to scratch the surface yeah. of music's healing yeah. potential. And all, once we explore art, that more. All art. Art yeah. is just so healing. So And it's a communal experience. Yeah. Oh, and that that that's so important Community, too. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well thank you so much. Um please uh this 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 guy is on his way so you can say you knew him when um check out his website go and support him um you're gonna have a great time uh ask for the maple leaf song <laughs> <laughs> and um and thank you thank you Jerry. again uh we'll meet again yes we will. soon all right thanks to and just keep creating